Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Mr. Joseph Spiegel. All right, this is my uh, special midsummer review since I'm the only one that went and saw it because Mike is a pussy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I went to the movies and I saw Midsummer, and uh, here we go. With their relationship in trouble, a young American couple travel to a fabled Swedish Midsummer festival where a seemingly pastoral paradise transforms into a sinister, dread soaked nightmare as the locals reveal their terrifying agenda. This movie is a. Uh, produced by a24 films which they never they don't ever seem to disappoint i mean even their mediocre films still do something yoga hosers with it was it a24 it's still at least it was original i mean you hated that fucking film yeah it had some quality no you hated that film it's a shitty movie. movie overall it's a shitty movie yes okay i'll play this off for the most part they they they've hit it out of the park almost every fucking time yeah. So, um, and then it's directed by Ari Aster, written and directed by Ari Aster, who also did um, 2018's Hereditary, which I blew up pretty big um, when I saw it. I think it was a flick of the week um, last year. We're, both of us are not fans of most modern horror films um, because there's there they use cheap jump scares and and a lot of cliches that just don't hit you. You know, it, there's lack of originality. It's just shit. Yeah. So there are times when when these when certain horror films stand out because they're actually there's some major effort put into them. Like when we saw Don't Breathe, done by Fetty Alvarez, um, you know, um, and then when I saw Hereditary, there's also another movie I saw on Netflix. It's called The Witch, spelled with two V's. Um, that's done in a style very much sim- very similar to Ari Aster's. Um, very good movie. Um, highly recommend seeing that one if you like um, creepy horror films. Uh, but with uh, Midsummer, I um, I was the reason why I was interested in this film was because of Ari Aster. You know, he grabbed my attention with how how goddamn good um, Hereditary was. I mean, the last like ten minutes of the movie, I don't even think there's any sound in it. It's just all visual and it's creepier and shit, and it sticks with you. And that's the kind of movie that's effective, especially when it comes to a horror film. Um, Midsummer. Um, what I would say about this film is that. Overall, it's not as good as Hereditary. Hereditary had more like character. I would say more character depth to it. Um, but Midsummer is its own beast, and it is unsettling. Just like in in similar ways, how um, Hereditary is unsettling. This one is also one. It's so visually striking that it's just you're constantly feeling the awkwardness of the characters. And the the situation they're in, and there's there's always this this constant feeling of like some impending doom that's going to happen. And what what works really well with that with the style of this film is that almost the entire movie is in bright sunlight because it's made in you know it's set in Sweden and it's during um, the summertime, summer solstice, and it's like it only gets dark for a couple hours a day, and that's it. So when you see a movie that that gets really horrific. Um, to have it constantly in daytime, you know, it, it, it throws you off, throws you off from, from the norm, you know, um, visually this movie is, is just every single scene, the, the cinematography expertly done. Um, there's scenes where the characters, um, where this, where the main character played by, um, Oh my God. All right. Played by Florence Pugh. Um, her character's name is Danny and it starts off with her character, 
Um, they live, um, I can't remember where in the States that they're living at the time, but um, she's got like a, an anxiety problem. You can see by what's in her medicine cabinet. And she's dating a guy who wants to break up with her and his friends keep ta- trying to talk him into breaking up with her. Well, what happens is um, she's uh, dealing with a family tragedy. This this scene happens where her, you know, spoiler alert, but uh, her family her sister, who is a suicidal person, ends up killing herself and her parents um, by um, hooking up um, uh, hoses to both cars in the garage and running them all the way into the house and killing each other with it. Um, which I don't know how accurate this might be because one of the cars was a Subaru. <laughs> Those are supposed to be ultra low emissions vehicles. You still have carbon dioxide. But yeah, they're still carbon dioxide. So, um, <laughs> or monoxide. And, um, that's what I meant. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I mean, the, I mean the girl, the sister, I mean, it, it, she's got a hose like duct tape to her face, like into her mouth and everything. I mean, it's, the scene where it goes into the house with a, with a camera and it's going through the rooms and then you go into the room where the parents are dead and then you go to the room, you go to where the, the daughter who killed herself is with the host. I mean, it is just so goddamn intriguing. I, for lack of a better word, it just pulls you into the whole thing. You're like, goddamn, this is dark and deep. And all this stuff happens even before it even says Midsummer, you know, before it shows the title. And... This char- so this character, um, Jack Rayner's character, Christian, who's you know the boyfriend. They've been together for like four years, and he, you know, his friends who you know played by um, Will Poulter, who's like kind of like the com- the comedic relief of the film. Even though there's not a whole lot of comedy, but there is some. There's a little bit light moments here and there. Um, him and the three other friends, or you know, a couple other friends. They're um, you know they're trying to talk to him, this guy Christian, about. You know, dude, you guys are miserable all the time. All she ever does is call you constantly. She gets in the way of everything we're doing, you know, and just you need to break up with her. Well, all of a sudden this tragedy happens and now he can't leave her now because, you know, it just this whole thing is just completely fed into her anxiety and all that shit like that, right? So it cuts to six months later um, after the tragedy and they announce the summertime because the movie starts off in the winter and they're... Um, the um, Christian character and his friends are all planning on doing going to the Swedish vacation because one of the characters with them um, is uh, he's from there. His name, the character's name is Pele. Um, he's from um, Sweden. This area, this this special, you know, I don't want to call it tribe, but this you know clan of people that are in there. And there's this ninety year festival that happens, you know, once every ninety years. And he's they're all going to go back to it. And a couple, you know, one of the characters wants to do a, a college thesis on it and everything like that. And and so they're all planning to go. And then all of a sudden, Christian feeling guilty because he can't break up with her because, you know, all this shit's going on. He asks her to go. And then he says she's not going to go. But then she shows up to the apartment to say hi. And then they ask her, oh, hey, so, yeah, we're going to this. And she's like, you know, oh, yeah. And they go, are you going to go? Because they thought she was not going to go. So they go, yeah, are you going to go? And she goes, uh, sure, I can. Yeah, I can go. And all of a sudden, you know, they go. And then everyone's like, fuck, right? Except for Pele's character, because Pele, um, he, you know, he, you could tell that he's got like a crush on her or something like that. And so then it cuts to um, them on the plane, then them driving in Sweden, and then them going on a separate trail and then walking off trail to this village in the middle of nowhere. And you can already tell, like when it's doing these aerial cam shots, like you could tell it's like on a drone or whatever, and it it looks fucking amazing. Um, they start the characters start taking mushrooms, and so in the backgrounds there's weird like 
distortions happening subtly in the backgrounds at first and it just totally fits into the whole like tripping of the characters and and then it but what happens is it starts to exacerbate um, her anxiety you know Danny's um, anxiety and she starts to panic and she has like these um you know like vision or like a nightmare a hallucination of like her sister suicide and you know everything and and you know and then the whole Christian character he's the whole time he's just like you can tell that he like w- still wants to break up with her, but he's like, like he can't do it, right? And what this movie ends up boiling down to, like when it's all said and done, is this is a pretty much a breakup movie done in a horror film style. Like this is like the whole movie is like leading up to this breakup, and it, of course it's an extreme because the way that things turn out. But um, that's that's like the whole thing. It's like I said, it's a breakup movie that's disguised as this horror, this this cult horror film. And um, and so what happens is when they get to this village, everyone is nice and it's all peaceful and flowers and everything's just fucking beautiful. But there's just weird things that start to happen throughout the film that's giving you this vibe that something is wrong and something's off. What works with this movie? Um, what works with the movie? Okay. The acting is superb from every single character. Even the characters that are wooden, they're wooden on purpose because it seems like mo- the most important character in this movie is Danny. And everyone else is is like everyone in, that's a negative in her life. They always seem to be very selfish, self-absorbed in their own worlds about what they're doing. And and so they don't get any more, really, they don't really get, you know, any backstory or anything like that. So um, it, it seems to be there on purpose. Um the visuals. There is a lot of psychedelic visuals in the film. Um, the colors, the um, oh god, the 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 tension, the tension, the whole movie. You're feeling uncomfortable. But as a movie fan, and as as a, as a good filmmaking movie fan, um, I loved it because it it generated emotions and feelings out of me, and I I wanted that just like when we say we're watching, like when I was watching Hereditary. And unlike Stuber, yeah, a very extremely the complete opposite of Stuber. Um, there's, uh, you well, know, well, let me ask yeah. you this: um, what what scenes really grabbed you? The beginning scene where um, before the titles come up, where the where she's trying to get a hold of her sister because her sister always sends out these emails, you know, these suicidal emails, and they're like, "Oh, don't worry about it." She's just fucking blowing off steam, right? right. Then actually, she does com- kill herself and the family. Okay. Um, that whole thing grabs you big time, like holy fuck, we're on, we're in, we're going for a ride, you know? And okay, the um, them when they're tripping on mushrooms right at the beginning when they get to the to the village uh-huh. um, on the yeah it. It's great because it's got it's got funny parts to it, and then all of a sudden it goes from funny to dark, and and then gets disturbing again. Um, there's this scene where um, I can't remember the name of the the actual ritual that it's called, you know. Without um, well, I, I guess I could fucking talk about um, read about it. Anyways, but, the ritual. But there's, there's this ri- ritual in the movie. Yeah, there's this ritual where because it's a nine day festival, uh-huh. and on the second day there's this ritual where you find out that each group of people, <clears throat> depending on their age, are in a part of each of the four seasons. So like one through 16 is, you know, spring or whatever. Spring, summer, winter, fall. Yeah. And so anyone that reaches, once they get to the age of 72, that's their cutoff. They have to die. So what happens is these people, they have this huge like ceremony for them, then they get to eat this feast. So I would have to assume spring is the young, summer is mid, you know, 18 to 25, 
Yes, yeah, like the fall is you know forties and fifties, and winter is anybody above like something like that. Something yeah, like normally, that. but I mean, they, you know, even though this is summertime, that's when these people have reached the age of seventy-two. These two old people, and so they get walked up to. No, I mean the groups. Yeah, that's what I mean. I would have to assume that they have the groups set up for from young to old. Yeah, yeah, that's how they could. Yeah, so these these two old people after the ceremony, which you're already getting these weird vibes from, right? And then as they're going. Um, they, they, they're carried in their chairs that they're sitting at these tables with these huge tables carried all the way to the top of this, this, I don't want to say a mountain, but like a, a volcano, cliff, but like a huge cliff. And then the people walk, they, they, they cut their hands and then they, they go to these runes with these special markings on them. They wipe their hand, the blood on these runes. Then they walk to the edge. They spread their arms out and they just fucking dive off the cliff. And it's gruesome. Like this movie is really good at the at the gore because it doesn't overdo the gore. It doesn't like the movie's not constantly full of it. It just happens here and there. And when it does, it's extremely effective and shocking when it happens. Even though, like, even though I knew what was probably going to happen in this movie because I've seen so many things like The Wicker Man, which this movie is very similar to in certain parts, certain regards. Um, it's still when it happened, it still hits you because of how well it's done. So like when one of the characters jumps off, um, her face just splatters on the fucking on one of the rocks on the ground, and it's it looks real. It, I mean, excellent done with the makeup and the and everything. Then the other person jumps off, this old man, and he lands feet first, and he, one of his legs is all splintered, crack, you know, compound fractures, and he's laying there, and everyone in the village starts screaming in pain because I guess they're all connected in kind of almost like a hive kind of mind way, right. And they're screaming in pain. So someone comes up with this big sledgehammer. And I knew when the guy was holding this big sledgehammer in the audience, I was like, he's going to be there for a reason. I know it. I fucking know that this sledgehammer is going to come into play, this giant one, right? And all of a sudden, he walks right up to the guy without hesitation and just smashes his fucking head in. And then a couple other people from the village, they grab it and they also smash his head in until it's all of a sudden, it's just this big matted you know, chunk of head. And, um, and then, yeah, you see the bodies a couple times before they burn it. And so... That scene, very, very effective because the characters that are from America, they, they react in this like, you know, d- different ways of reacting. Some people scream like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? And then other people are just in shock and they don't say anything. Other people run away. You know, it's a very shocking scene to these people. And then, you know, the leader of the tribe, they co- she comes out and she says, this is, this is a beautiful part of our life. Sorry, we should have told you, but this is what happens. You know, they these people give their lives because it's the circle of life kind of thing. And we didn't want them to die in pain, suffering. So when they reach 72, they kill themselves instead of going through whatever sickness they might go through and, you know, and, you know, dying of old age, kind of like a dog, putting a dog down before it's too. Which is kind of weird because they suffer because they throw themselves off a goddamn cliff. So when, yeah. And so there's times where it doesn't go to plan, you know, Kind of like in a slaughterhouse where they, they they hit a pig in the head with the with the bolt and it doesn't always kill it right and it's suffering on the floor or something kind of thing right so um so that scene works um there's this you know where the, the there's um, one of the characters um one of the the friends um this guy he's trying to do the thesis and all of a sudden Christian also wa- decides that he wants to do a college thesis on this thing. And so there's there's this rift that comes between the, the the two characters because he's like, dude, you're trying to steal my shit. I already told you from the get go that I was going to do a thesis on this village, on this festival, and now you're going to come in and do the same fucking thing, you know? And so, and 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 so the one tries to one up the other, and then he he starts to get a little too nosy, and then things happen because he got too nosy, and um, it the movie is two and a half hours long, wow. and there was um. 
I mean, it, it goes by. I mean, it feels a little slow here and there, but because of the t- constant tension of and wondering what's going to happen next, even though you, like I said, I had, a, I already knew how this was going to end up. Like every time there's a secret in the film, and then the people are very honest and upfront about most of the things that are going on. I'm like, oh, they're only this open and upfront because no one's going to fucking leave this place, right? Ultimately, everyone's going to fucking die, so, right? So, um, but it. The um the the tension between the two main characters, Christian and Danny, where they're slow they're breaking apart from each other, you know, and because she she needs comfort and because of what she's going through, but he's also you know he's dealing with his shit, and then there's a girl in the village that that keeps flirting with him, and then there's this creepy shit where um, she puts her period blood in his um in his drink, and then he drinks it without knowing it, and then he, she makes him a pie, and this pie has one of her pubic hairs in it. Because you find out, like we're looking at these art, these tapestries and things like that with art on them, it actually kind of all these art arts on the walls and the houses at the beginning of the movie, and arts on these um these places that they're staying, these build you know these houses they're staying in in the in the um, village, they all are pretty much telling what's going to happen in the movie. Um, there's even a part where they're walking, and there's a bear in a cage, and finally one of the characters goes. Is anyone going to mention, gonna say anything about the bear in the cage? I mean, it's really standing out there, and then you don't see the bear for the rest of the movie until the end. Um, by the time we get to the end of the movie, and most of the char- main characters, you know, from America are gone, one way or another, um, it went from a point of being disturbing to hilarious because it became the cult members started getting more and more crazy. And so right when you get to the end of the movie, like the last 20 minutes of the movie, I was laughing in the theater. I was laughing at how fucking crazy things got. You know, I mean, I, I, it's, I know it's a spoiler filled podcast and it's kind of I kind of want to surprise people, but just the way that it ends with like, what about the fucking bear that and the, the main character, Christian, he, he's forced to have sex with the girl and that that likes him and she's in this room where all these naked other villagers female villagers are standing around him chanting and he has to fuck her. They drug him and they make him fuck her in a missionary style. Um, while she's laying there and all of a sudden one of the ugly <laughs> fat ones comes up behind him butt naked and starts pushing his ass. What about the bear? Okay. <laughs> he gets drugged. He gets paralyzed and then he gets put inside the bear like Tauntaun style. Okay. And then he gets burned to death with a couple other people inside this special well, I mean, you, to, you, could, you, yeah. could, you didn't have to spoil, spoil it. So, <laughs> and he can't move so he just burns to death paralyzed in this bear costume i'm laughing my ass off when this was happening because it just got so fucking weird um and uh and then the danny character the way it ends with her smiling finally like like finally she's free she's finally free of this fucking boyfriend and and everything and now she's these people love her and they accept her uh, of you know she's the new queen um, they, they call her the may queen because she won this little like dancing tournament they had right and they they drug them and they're they're on this shit and everyone has to dance until the, everyone falls and then once the last person falls and there's only one person left standing they're the May Queen right. so uh, coincidentally or uncoincidentally she's the last one standing after this long ass dance thing and yeah so then they have her wearing these all oh, this huge goddamn thing of flowers and and I mean it, like you can't even see her body like a bridal veil no, it, no it's more like a like a oh my god like a like, like a bridal, like a little miniature hill of flowers that she's under, and all you can see is her face, right? 
And um, she, I mean, she has the, the final say on who's the last sacrifice is going to be because there's supposed to be nine total people sacrificed, like four outsiders and then four villagers who volunteer themselves and then one person that the May Queen picks. Right. And so the movie ends with her looking right at her paralyzed boyfriend and then all of a sudden he gets put in the bear suit <laughs> and then he burns to death. And I'm like, that is a brutal fucking way to break up with somebody. Okay. What doesn't work on this movie? Um... <laughs> there there would have been uh, it would have been nice if um the more would have been talked about about the suicide of her her sister and her parent and the death of her parents because it's only mentioned like briefly extremely briefly a couple times throughout the film um and or a couple times later in the film and it just and then it moves on really quickly from there like it was it seemed like uh, it could have been a more important thing to deal with at the time, but then when I watched a, a YouTube video afterwards that broke down everything in the movie, there's little hints that in the house there's things that give away clues that maybe the Pele character who was in America at the time he purposely set it up so that that the, it, he made it look like the sister suicided and killed the parents so that Danny would have a reason to go to you know Sweden later on. But it's a stretch. Mm, it's yeah, a stretch. That's... So um, that would have been nice. Um, what else would have worked? Uh, or what doesn't work? Uh, Oh man, uh, I think that it relied too much on 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 the farther when you got to the more absurdity of things, it started to feel too much like it was copying off the Wicker Man. Okay, um, with the bear costume because Nicolas Cage wears a fucking bear costume in the Wicker Man remake, and I mean, luckily there wasn't any bees <laughs> scene, but um, uh, yeah, I the, it felt like um, there could have been a little more. Um, depth into like the character reactions to things like when, when they happen, like uh, when it was uh, when anytime something bad happened, like instead of people going, why the fuck didn't anyone tell me this? It kind of like moves on to the next thing instead of like dealing with it at the time. But come to find out uh, the director cut 120 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes of footage out of the film. And so he's going to be coming out with a director's cut that's a half hour longer than this version. So there's a lot of and a lot of the stuff was part of the the the, the breakup during the more and more that they're separating from each other at this festival. The, the two main characters, and um, you know Christian and Danny. Uh, but uh, I would say that I mean even the music is fucking creepy, dude. Okay, but um, what doesn't work? What doesn't work is I don't see a huge replay value with this movie. Like a couple times. Like I, I definitely could see this movie. Okay, that's that's not what doesn't. I mean, yeah, movie wise. Yeah, quality wise. Um, uh, is there anything in the movie that didn't work for you other than the suicide scene that should have been a little bit more explained and 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 a couple of other things, or was it just a was it a movie that for the most part everything worked? Yeah, I mean it, it's just so expertly done. It grabbed even when it got a little bit slow. When it got slow at times, there was still always something happening that grabbed your attention, and so I was I was invested the entire time I was watching it. Even when it went from the point of being disturbing to hilarious, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but it still it you know what it it affected me, and I thought about it a lot after I watched it, and okay, so. Uh, I mean, shit, dude. This uh, Ari Aster is a is a force to be reckoned with. I mean, he's done two movies so far, and both of them are very well done. This. What, what about the soundtrack? The soundtrack is extremely creepy because they do um, a lot of um, 
like a kind of like a Swedish. Um, if you could compare it to another soundtrack that you're familiar with, Carpenter-esque. Not Carpenter-esque. Um, God. Um, like Friday the 13th? No, no. Um, no, because there's a lot of chanting and stuff like that. Um, it's very, um, very culty. Uh, God damn it. I, I, you know what? I can't, I can't think of something I can compare it to. Um, but did it, it, but did it work? Did oh it yeah, pull you in. Oh yeah, it adds it adds to it. Like there's this overall effect of all of it. Unlike Pet Cemetery, where yeah, no. you know, there's no the you know the music didn't even bring any tension to the scene. No, just, yeah, no, this is the opposite. Boring. Like I could see this movie being like if if they were going to take horror films seriously, I could see this being up for for cinematography, for um for uh, production design, um, makeup. Yeah, not and not gonna happen. They don't do that. I could see it being done because of a lot of our our art direction. Um, yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, this this movie looks like it was made by a guy who's been directing movies for decades. So that's how well this movie looks shot. So is it memorable? Yes, it is memorable. Is it a, what what is its cult impact on pop culture? Um, I wouldn't say it's a huge. It would have a huge impact because it's already like I said, the premise has already kind of been done before. So um, I don't think it would have a huge one. Reputable viewings? Yes. Just not, I wouldn't say it's something you would watch all uh, you know, yearly, but yeah. Okay. Would you buy this on DVD? The director's cut? Yes, I will. Okay. Even if, what if there's never a director's cut? Would you buy this on DVD? You know what? I think I would because because of how visually amazing it is. I, I think I, yeah, I think I could learn to appreciate it even more over time, more multiple viewings, yes. Okay. So for recommendations, is it a matinee? Don't bother? Mm-hmm. Well, we already know that. Matinee or regular? Regular. Or See it. Support a movie like this. Give it. Give it some money. Um, keep encouraging um, great filmmaking. Okay. Good filmmakers that actually give a shit about the subject matter and and what they're doing. Right. Um, hell yes. Uh, yeah. I, I like I said this. This is not a movie for everybody. Definitely, it's not for everybody. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, goddamn. You like Hereditary? You should like this movie. I mean, it's ballsy. Okay. All right. So, uh, Midsummer, really good. Fantastic. All right. All right. So, yeah, please check out Midsummer, and uh, if you, oh, also look up um, um, Ari Aster's um, short films that he's done. I've only watched one of them so far, but he has multiple short films that he's done before he started um, Hereditary. There's especially an extremely disturbing one that's about a half hour long called "The Strange Thing About the Johnsons." It is that is a ballsy short film. And it definitely makes you think, and it, it makes you squirm in your seat, just like everything else I've seen him do so far. So it's uncomfortable, but it, it is you. You should see it if you're into his style of filmmaking. So strange thing about the Johnsons. All right, all right. Thank you, uh, and then we'll we'll talk to you again. Have a good one. Don't forget, if you made it this far, hit the subscribe button, hit that bell. All, all right. right, bye. Yeah. Sharing is caring. <laughs> Click that shit.